Previously on the Adventure Zone Ethersea. So when we last left off, if I remember correctly, Devo started a bar fight on accident. The Salo is back. Time is of the essence, and without Shred's help, people might die. We just, the only way we can fix this is with Shred's help. Anytime you bring up Shred's name, it you you see that it is like worsening the the vibe the already pretty bad vibe in this room uh and she is boarding one of those uh personal hovercrafts shrek please wait fine i fucking jump through the window <laughs> fuck you are keeping chase uh about 10 feet behind her her hovercraft and in the doorway you all see ampersand 5 and a voice outside shouts through the window at you. Uh, and it's Phineas Call's voice. And he yells, Get in, loser! We're doing hero stuff! You are just hover blasting, which is a new a new good verb I just came up with. It's actually I'll, very good. You're hover blasting down this marsh, just That's grinding what the it kids up, call it grinding up the 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 goo. Um, and these are all like ways that people refer to. Oh yeah, like yeah. On, on a hovercraft on the swamp. Uh, and you Chomp are chasing. The swamp, as they say. You are you're chasing your old old friend, former friend, maybe Shred who does not, has not recognized you because you've been going pretty incognito. Uh, but you oh, know man, that... I meant to say in the bar fight, Griffin, was one of them named Danky. Why? Shret and Danky. Oh, Shret and Danky and Lord Barquad and, yeah, yeah, the, whole, yeah, yeah. the whole crew. Yeah, <laughs> Fifopa. <laughs> yeah, Fifopa. You have managed to gain some ground, but you also have heard some very foul noises coming from your your speeder here and uh, the ground gaming has stopped you're about maybe 10 feet behind behind Shred and uh, you know in, in hot pursuit uh, what do you do it, uh, what's the volume like if I yelled do you think it would be heard no or? way no it's very it's, it's, these things are especially yours which I just established is making some funky bad noises it, there's there's no way I think she could hear you if you if you screamed It'd be way cooler if it was making funky good noises. Okay. I'm going to. I got my my fishing tackle and my rope, so I'm going to try to to make a makeshift grappling hook. Your fishing tackle. Are you about to do the perfect cast? Yes, from the Goofy movie. Okay, that's. I have. I have. I have. 
a history with this. Yeah, like, sure, of course. Oh, I'm not gonna. I am not going to debate this. You are a Fisher person at heart, and I guess in in body, you know how to do this. Um, I think doing it on while well, while also sort of uh, piloting unfamiliar vehicle like this might make it a little bit tricky. Um, but I'm gonna say you can put together this sort of makeshift grappling hook fairly easily. It's not the most like you couldn't climb a building with this thing, but you could you could make something out of it that could potentially get someone's attention. Okay. Are you, and you're just tr- chucking this at her or at her uh, bike? I'm trying to hit her bike. No, I'm not trying to okay. hit her. Okay. Um, why don't you make a ranged attack roll? Uh, oh, okay. And you can't... What weapons do you... Yeah, you don't really have... Um, you don't really have proficiency in this, so it's just plus two. Um, I don't have, like, a button because I don't have a ranged weapon. I don't have a button... To like, sure. You can just click your dexterity modifier that plus two, okay, and Got it'll it. uh, it'll tell me. Yeah, sure. Come on, baby, build dance that shit. Come on. Yeah, eleven plus two, thirteen. Got it. Um, I'm hmm. gonna start saying "got it" <laughs> after yeah. every roll because <laughs> I feel like maybe on some level I'll sway Griffin. Like I, I don't know. He says he got it, <laughs> and it, it does. It puts him in the position where now he has to be the bad now guy. Now he's the bad guy. No yeah, longer sure. is it fate because <laughs> I've established. <laughs> I, I feel like I got it. Yeah, right. Why right, don't right. you? Why don't I'll, I'll do this for you? Make a uh, make a strength check. It's the just the button right next to dexterity that plus two for me. Uh, because you definitely hook it. It's a question of, do you also hold on to this thing so it doesn't just go flying? Hey, 19 plus two. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give it to you then. You, you are able to hold on to this No, Justin, go the other way. Oh, 19 plus two. Fuck. (laughs) I missed it. Blew it. Uh, it hooks onto, uh, the back of sort of like the, the seat that she is riding on. It's made of this like foam material that your, the hook just like buries into, uh, and it is it is just strong enough that it is uh, it is holding on tight. And now you are kind of you know you're, you're kind of skitching a little bit, I guess, on the back of her her bike. And by which I mean personal hovercraft, hover blaster. You are now tethered, I guess, to to her uh, her hover blaster. Oh, can we call it the bullfrog? No, because then it's kind of like the hoverboard bulldog from Back to the Future Two, but it's a bullfrog. All right, kind of like bullf- yes, fine. These are now called bullfrogs. Thank you. Yeah, James. hell yeah. Okay, so that's my action, right? Like, yeah, we're not technically in initiative right now. I will say, uh, but she sh- she is going to respond to that uh, because it definitely like you know yanks the the back of her her uh, bullfrog down a little bit. Uh, she is going to uh, whip one hand behind her, and you see she has a hand crossbow. Uh, and she is going to fire off a shot in your direction. Okay. Um, that's going to. Oh wait, yeah. Is Amber still in disguise? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Shret doesn't know who is attacking her. She just knows that someone attacked her, and so she is going to uh, shoot at you. And she's going to roll a god. The names of the encounters I've made so far are are pretty pretty terrible. Uh, she shoots at you, and that is a fourteen plus four, eighteen. Uh, yes, that hits. She she hits you with this crossbow bolt, and you feel like achy where where it hits you. Uh, 
and you realize that it was uh, poisoned. It was an envenomed crossbow bolt. You are hit for 15 points of damage. Well, hold on now one second, okay. my friend, because I have deflect missiles attack. Oh, tell me what that does. I can use my reaction to deflect or catch the missile when you're hit by ranged weapon attack. When you do so, the damage you take from the attack is reduced by 1d10 plus your dexterity modifier plus your monk level. Okay. And if you reduce it to zero... You catch it and can do an attack with it if you cool. if you want to spend a key point. Sure. So... This um, is going to be... Uh, a t- I, to get it to zero would be uh, a, a feat. So my dex modifier is... You don't have to worry about that. It does the math for you right here. So you roll a 1d10 and add seven to it. Oh, that was so close. It was an eight, then it's a two. But anyway, All right. uh, nine. I reduced the damage by nine. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you managed to duck out of the way, and it just kind of grazes your shoulder. So, like, most of this damage is coming from the, the venom and not so much the, the bolt itself. Venom. Uh, your, your turn again? I want to try to pull myself closer, I guess. Okay. Think about the physics of this. Nah, don't think too hard about it. Okay, done. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, you could. Let's see. I think this would just be another sort of strength, strength roll. Um, yeah. Seventeen plus two. Okay. Yeah, you have managed to get. I, I would say you've pulled yourself halfway. You're about, uh, you know, four or five feet away right now. So much that like the scum that she is kicking up from her bullfrog is like uh, hitting hitting you in the in the face and body and it's it's pretty gross. Um, I'll count that as a move action technically because you did move uh, if you want to take uh, another action. How what's my distance now? Uh, you are uh, within 5 feet. You are definitely within especially with your your big arms, you are definitely within like, you know, melee range. Uh, no, I'm just going to shout. Okay. Kimmel, stop. Uh, huh, okay. She looks back at you, and in, in her sort of shock, she slams on the brakes of her bullfrog. Uh, and your reaction time is not necessarily fast enough, and it hits your bullfrog, and you, you go flying. I just feel like there should be a way of randomly generating uh, the whether or not my reaction time was fast enough. Uh, yeah, you're right. Roll like, might be roll dexterous. A, or... I would say, uh, yeah, make a dex saving throw. There. Now now I've come by it honest with a roll of... <laughs> now your narrative has real weight because it's reinforced by a four plus five. All right. Uh, yeah, you you do not stop in time. You you sort of ram into the back of her bike. You, in, in, in fairness, she is also going down. She also is going to get flipped off the front of her bike when, when yours smashes into hers. And by bike, I mean bullfrog. Uh, and you both sort of soar through the air and land down in the water. Um, you don't take any damage or anything, and the swamp is only like a couple feet deep. Uh, so you you land sort of on your butt, and your your you know head is still above water. And she stands up and turns around and walks up to you and like yanks off the hood that you've had, sort of disguising your appearance. And she says. What the fuck, Amber? Yeah. The ruse has been completed. It was me. (laughs) 
she scoops up some like scum from the top of the water and just throws it at your face uh, in an attack way or like a. Uh, I mean, roll deck save. Eight plus five. Uh, it hits you in the face in a big slimy, sloppy way. It's not an attack. It's just like a, you know, what the fuck Amber kind of way. She says, I haven't seen your ass or any part of you in 10 years. And this is how you've decided to reacquaint yourself by busting up my my humble bar and grill and also my bike and also my ass I don't I don't want to be here any more than you probably want to see me but I I need something you're the only person that that you're the only person I know that can get it Oh that's funny It's just a funny little turn of events wouldn't you say Oh I'm busting up over here I'm busting up too. It's like ironic, isn't it? A little bit. Oh yeah, it's real. It's just, it's great. It's great. It's it's really, really funny. Uh, she climbs up on her, uh, like sort of her smoking bullfrog. Your your bullfrog exploded because it was an yeah, old. Yeah, not jalopy. my bullfrog. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hers Dankies. is hers. Her, bullfrog. <laughs> <laughs> hers is busted up, um, but it is still functional. And so she hops out of the water and. Now she's just kind of looming over you and says, all right, what do you need? You need my uh, my my shrimp scampi recipe? You need, um, I got I got a, I got an old quilt that my grandma made. You need an old quilt? No. Okay. No, I don't need any of that trash. And I don't need any, I don't need any crunko or any, any of the rest of your garbage. No laser train, nothing like that. I don't mess with that stuff anymore. I, I need grotto. What? What could you possibly need grotto for, Amber? I could try to explain it to you, but honestly, it's a long story, and I'm, I'm not going to do it myself. I think you know where I stand on, on that stuff. No, remind me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh... Well, it's, I mean, it's going to cost you. How much are you holding on to? I think you're going to give it to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Out of the goodness of your heart, you're going to just pass a little over my way. You know what you used to tell me all the time, right? The first one's free. Well, I don't know so much about that. I'm, I mean, my heart's chock-a-block full of goodness, but... Very little of it have I sort of apportioned to the Amber Gree fund. Um, all right, I'm curious now because I know your stance. What? Uh, give me, give me a hint. Um. All right, short version. The Sallow's back. Yeah, no shit. And, and she pulls back her helmet, and you can see that she's got, like, silver scales, like, everywhere. Like, she got hit pretty hard by the sallow. She says, you know, we get air circulation up here, too, in the marsh, so, yeah. Your eyes look awesome, by the way. That's a, And that's not sarcastic. I genuinely, I do think they look pretty righteous. Yep. With... 
the one person that maybe maybe knows how to do something about this. I think if we had some grotto, we might be able to get in their heads a little bit better. It's real. I just give it to me, Kibble. All right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we find a less sort of waist high, slimy place where we can we can talk. Uh, and just then, Devo and Zooks, you all see Amber and Shret uh, just just in front of you as uh, the as uh, ampersand five pilots the sort of large hovercraft towards them. Uh, I cannot stress enough um, how like hangdog Devo looks. Just yeah. like he's had since uh, everything went. About as far south as one can say out of the bar. He's done, he's been doing some thinking. Some real soul searching in the real six searching. minutes that have passed since, uh, like since he crashed the bar. Sure. Uh, okay, Amber, you see them all pull up. Uh, and Shret whips out her crossbow, uh, just sort of reflexively, and says... Uh, and Zooks immediately raises his in reaction. Okay. She says, these friends are yours? Honestly, after the JV shit they both pulled today, I can't answer that, honestly. Well, Put hey, the crossbow what, down. What did I do? Zooks, if she wanted us dead, we'd be dead. Look around. Okay. Okay. Right. Lowering crossbow. You're just saying the words lowering crossbow without actually lowering it. <laughs> Oh, I thought I really thought that would fool everybody. Try again. Okay. Uh, Please. All right. <laughs> I lower the crossbow. <laughs> she lowers her crossbow and says, "So, which one of these guys uh, needs needs the help?" Um. Did we actually discuss who would actually do the grotto? I guess it would be. I mean. Was our plan to get Zooks high on Grotto? Why Zooks? That's what I thought. Well, because Zooks was the one who was... Oh, no, 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 no. It was it was Devo that was connecting to his mind. Is that right? I mean, when both Devo and uh, Zooks like, tried to get in there, they hit a point where just like his memories were were so repressed that they they were completely inaccessible. To oh, them. see, I was thinking we were going to do like a peyote sweat lodge. That's no, what I was thinking. Nothing like, no, well, I guess maybe something like that. Uh, um, Devo says, is it dangerous? Is it dangerous? Um, I guess it depends on who you are. If you're the type of person that just walks into a place of business and starts exploding stuff, apropos of nothing, maybe you might have a higher tolerance for danger. Um but for a normal person who doesn't go into places of business and blows them up with no reason, yeah, it might be a little bit dangerous. I will do it. Hey, hey, listen, Shred. I could level this place. Everything in your life, burn it down, and you and I still wouldn't even be close to even. So let's not dwell in the recent or distant past and let's keep moving forward okay because the sooner i can get the fuck out of here the better 
she says, uh, wow, it seems like uh, a lot of people here need a, a refresher on the events of the past, huh? All right. She uh, scoots her bullfrog over behind the big hovercraft and uh, ties it up to a, uh, a hook, like a towing hook on the back of the hovercraft. And she hops on board and walks up to Ampersand 5, who's at the wheel, and is like, hey, let me let me drive. And Phineas Call actually answers from his lantern and says, oh, of course. And she looks surprised, like, are you, are you Phineas fucking Call? Y'all are, y'all are rolling deep with Phineas fucking Call? To be fair, we didn't know that was his middle name. Um, <clears throat> but- All right. Um, she looks down at you, Amber, and reaches down a hand to pull you up into the hovercraft. I get myself up, thank you. I was going to do the thing where I pulled my hand back and, br- like, swiped it across my hair, like, too cool. <laughs> can you do, can you get back in the water? What? The, sl- the slur. get back in the slurry, let me do my, where I swipe my hand back, I'm like, I'm not too fucking cool. deal, I'm not, I, my, my attitude towards Shret is making it abundantly clear that, like, I am not, this is not a jovial thing. I am not okay. having fun. All right. Uh, she shrugs and then uh, revs the engine and, and pulls away from the shattered remains of your of your bullfrog. And lose and the after- deposit. <laughs> of the bullfrog you stole. Uh, she pilots the this, this big hovercraft uh, across the marsh for about 10 minutes until uh, you all see in the distance a cluster of mangrove trees that she very carefully navigates this this hovercraft inside. And when you get there, you see that in the middle of all these mangrove trees, there's a very sort of small, grassy... Uh, island is, is, is a generous way of referring to this landmass. It is, uh, you know, it's like 20 feet wide. Uh, and sitting right in the middle of it is a wooden shack that looks really run down. One of the walls has like caved in. There's a um, part of the roof is just like a big hole now. But there's also a storm cellar just outside. And as she pulls this hovercraft up to the island and, and hops off, uh, she looks at all of you and says, um, any of y'all do magic? I do magic. I yeah. I do I do I dabble. Okay, y'all do uh, Zone of Truth. Y'all know that one. I am aware of it, but I do not do it. It's one of my favorites, uh, but uh, I don't know it. Okay, well then, uh, I'm. We'll just do everybody pinkies in. Do a quick pinky promise. If any of y'all tell people where this is and what you're going to see in there. Don't do that. Ooh, chills just ran through Zook's body. All and right, extends a pinky. Thank you, my God. Life. Made of oh. coral. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Dang, it'll be, hey, Dan. It'll be wild if this is the moment we found out that Zook's had one human pinky, one flesh <laughs> pinky. Uh, and she opens up the storm cellar, and like already, you can tell. This is not you. This is not your, not your dad's storm cellar. Uh, I don't know. My these, dad's pretty cool. <laughs> the the stairs go 
so far down that you cannot see the end of them. Um, and as you walk down them, they kind of spiral around, uh, leading you deep below the surface of the swamp. And finally, you, you see light in this big chamber at the bottom of the stairs. And as you enter it, you are in this, this huge room that is illuminated by dim lamps, uh, almost like a spa-like you know, atmosphere. The room is constructed from, from strips of lumber held together with clay and moss, uh, kind of like a, a hobbiton aesthetic, but there's things in here that definitely don't match that. There's these modern, comfy-looking chairs with devices that are unfamiliar to any of you hanging over them. They're like small spherical vials attached to lamps uh, with clusters of wires hanging off of them. They almost look like um, sort of an IV bag situation. And seated in these chairs all around the room uh, are 20 or so people most of them are elderly. They're older than, than you and Shret, Amber, and uh, all of them are fast asleep, being monitored by technicians who seem like awfully surprised to see all of you strangers in here. And a door opens in the back of the room, and you all see Benefactor Orlean. And he is exiting what appears to be a restroom, and he's, he's wiping his eyes... Oh, uh, it looks. I had a one second when you started that with wiping. Yeah. Where I was like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is he about to say?" Um, yeah, oh. some people. You know, some people are so busy that like they open up the bathroom <laughs> door and they're still kind of wiping. Uh, their he's butt a real a Tex bit. Avery, huh? Just yeah. hates bathroom breaks. <laughs> um, no, it look. It looks like he's been crying, um, but he quickly kind of pulls it together as he sees all of you and. He approaches and looks at you, Devo, and says... The, uh, the switch of Devo's body language could not be sharper. Right. Like, what from that hang dog, uh, oh, I really fucked up, to I'm about to kill somebody. Yeah, he, he looks at you and says, uh, I know you said you'd kill me the next time you saw me, but I was wondering if um, maybe you'd... Let me pass. Uh, I've got, I got a lot to do today. That's no problem. Go ahead, Ambiar. Ambiar. I've heard, I've heard just about all out of you that I need tonight. Thank you. Benefactor Orlean gives kind of all of you a little. On nod that, on that line from Amber, it, he crumbles. Just, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Shred actually looks at you, Devo, and says. Well, you got a temper on you, don't you? Yes, I am beginning to understand that. And Benefactor Orlean walks up the stairs and is gone. And Shret leads you all into an office. And she sits down, um, not behind like a desk, but it's like just sort of a, uh, you know, small, like almost four top dining table. And she drums her fingers on it and says, all right, um, the fact that I brought all you in here, uh, should tell you that I'm. I'll take whatever you got to say serious. So, who wants who wants to start? I can explain it. Many many decades ago, uh, Amber sent five. Well, uh, Phineas went somewhere where he got the original uh, phytoplankton that operates as our uh, air filter. Right. No, I was on the. 
I was on the shore. He came back dead and uh, well, and then kind of dead, and then they brought him back. And we somehow, got when yeah. we were out in the water on the mission, some sort of particle or something caught on our ship, and we ended up bringing the sallow back with us. We were unaware of this, but this is what happened. It infected our air filtration system and killed the phytoplankton. Now our only hope is to reach the source of the original phytoplankton, but those memories that are in Phineas's head are unreachable for some reason, and the only way we will be able to get to them is to somehow enter his mind and push through. And we have been told that with concentrated grotto, this is possible. Yeah. Let me see him. Uh, Ampersand, uh, please. Ampersand puts the lamp on the desk and she starts looking at it. And she says, uh, I, I'm not sure this will work. I mean, it's going to work, but I'm not sure that... I'm not sure that he is going to survive the process to come out and tell everyone what it was that he saw. Um, so that's that's roadblock number one. Uh, roadblock number two is I don't think Amber is going to be cool with anybody here uh, doing, doing grotto. Um, so that's roadblock number two. Uh, that's it. You know, I started numbering them, thinking that there would be more roadblocks, but those are mostly the two big ones. Listen, I'm not happy about it, obviously, but this is what we're here for. We wouldn't have come all this way if I didn't think it was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And Ampersand was in on this plan. Ampersand so. nods and says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I can, I'll do what it, what it takes, um. And she sighs and says, there may be an option, but it's going to involve all y'all. That includes you, Amber. We can link all y'all together and sort of feed a bit of extra grotto to, to Phineas and... All y'all would sort of take a walk down memory lane, but once you reach the end of it, you you would get sort of absorbed up in whatever he's seeing. Why do we all need to do it? Uh, she says, this, this process is, we've done it a couple times, and the more people you can do sort of all at once, the easier it is for everyone to kind of meld up. Uh... It is dangerous to spectate someone's, you know, dreams like that. It requires you to sort of suppress the part of your mind that tells you that you're you. Like a, it's like a temporary ego death. And if you can't hang, it, it, it can become permanent. But I'm very <sighs> familiar with that process. Are, are you? Yeah, yeah. I, I had this big clam that <clears throat> kind of overrode 
it's not important. To okay, just, so you're you're down though, is what you're saying. Been there, done that. Yeah. Okay. I'm, sure. I'm down. I think that Zooks and I should go, and Amber should stay out here to keep us safe. Uh, safe from what? <sighs> it's fine. You know, it's fuck. It's fine. Let's just get it over with, all right? I am worried. When you talk about the suppressing of oneself, I don't know that I can do this. He's got to be him, is what he's saying. He's got to be me. No, I am... I do not know that I can control myself. Hmm. Well, well, I think if we do it all together, we can help each other. Yeah, we gotta try something, eh? Um, Bef- before we go in, then, I, I, I want to say something. Yep. Uh, I am sorry. Zeus, Amber... And this is not this is not the time. Seriously. But let's do it so we can fucking go. She stands up and looks at you, Amber, and says, it, uh, This might be a bad idea, Amber. This might be a bad idea. You gotta buy into this process a little bit to make it work. And I don't think that you are capable of doing that because you think everyone down here is some waste of space. That's that's just you know. What are the what are the what is it? What are the people doing down there? Uh, they're laying down in these in these chairs. Uh, so they're like doing doing everyone drug. in everyone in here is. So this okay. is like an underground opium den. Do you say that out loud? <laughs> oh God, no. Okay. No. She says, "Let me let me tell you something." Because I, I get the impression that y'all don't understand what's going on down here. Uh, a few days ago, everyone in Founder's Wake grew fish parts. And their bodies changed permanently, from what we can tell. And folks don't recognize themselves in the mirror. And a bunch of folks died. But y'all are out there. Everyone's out there working. Because this city's got this, this ethos of keep on moving. Because if you slow down for a second, you're dead. And a lot of folks can't handle that. And a lot of folks can't handle that 25 years ago, the world they grew up in got destroyed. And a lot of other folks tell them to get over it and not even realizing what an outrageous ass that is. Because not everyone here can adjust. That, and that's not a weakness because adaptability is a skill and not everyone's got it. So they come here to have a break, to remember and spend as much time in the world that they lost as they need. This isn't, this isn't some place where people go to get totally zooted out of their minds it's it's it, it, a grotto isn't some drug it's a it's a reagent for I, a spell and it no let me finish this is therapy for some folks it's palliative care for some folks so if y'all are going to do this i can't have you all thinking that you're doing something bad or doing something wrong I don't think the people that used are the ones who are bad or wrong. Shred. 
Maybe it's an escape, but tell that to Kimber because she's not coming back. All right. She walks to a door and whispers something to her assistants, and they nod and start uh, pulling in chairs and uh, those IV lamps into the room. And she says, uh, y'all get comfortable. I'll be back once they're done setting up. And she walks out of the room. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right. Powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, or even your time. What what influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an Aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply.
Chicago, we're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. And Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2. Schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that. Go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little Sailor Man pin. And 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now, back to the show. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is a podcast. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. That thing is not my daughter. And I want you to tell me there's a show where the hosts don't just report on French science and spirituality, but take part themselves. Well, there is, and it's Ono, Ross, and Carrie on Maximum Fun. This year, we actually became certified exorcists. So yes, Carrie and I can help your daughter. Or we can just talk about it on the show. Ono, Ross, and Carrie on MaximumFun.org. You all are now seated in a circle uh, facing each other. I guess it's more of a triangle with Ampersand 5 uh, sitting in the center. Uh, and he's holding on to Phineas's lantern on his lap. And you all are wired up to, to these IV lamps above you. And in each one, there's like a small red flame. Uh, coming from like an oil lamp wick. And Shret walks back into the room and looks at all of you and says, um, all right, we're going we're gonna to get started soon. We're going to be giving Phineas, I guess via Ampersand 5, an extra strong dose, a smaller one for y'all, which is going to send y'all into some deep recesses of your mind. Um 
but eventually that's going to pass and you're going to be you're going to be inside of Phineas's mind. You need to sort of go with the flow as much as you can. If you start thinking like yourself when you are in the Phineas zone, things are going to turn out real bad, okay? Do y'all understand? I need to know y'all understand because I'm not just going to put y'all in here to to die. I understand. Ready. All right. Hey, Griffin, quick question. While we waited for them to set up, would that count as a short rest? <laughs> uh, that count as a long rest? Yeah, yeah long, she was out of the time. room for she was out of the room for eight fucking hours. Um, okay. I would say what you're about to do will be considered a short rest. I'm not going to, like, you aren't necessarily going to have hit points where okay. you're, where we're going, you don't need hit points. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, go ahead and take a short rest. I said that, but, you know, there's always a chance of something going terribly wrong in there and psychic damage is a thing so uh heal heal up as you all will she looks around the room nods at some of her associates who dim the lights in here even more and slowly uh first she walks up to ampersand five and phineas in the middle of the room and phineas says um, I'm not sure what you all are going to see in there, but I hope you don't judge me too harshly. Phineas, and I want to say I was very harsh to you earlier, and in case this goes very poorly, I am sorry, and I appreciate you coming back to help us. That's that's very nice of you. I, I I accept your apology. Now let's get let's get weird. And Shret turns this this knob on the uh, the vial, which is filled with this dark dark blue liquid, and a drop falls into the lantern, and suddenly that that flame turns a bright blue, and you see ampersand five just lean back in the chair and you see Phineas Call's lantern go dark. And then she walks up to uh, she walks up to you, Devo, and she says, sweet dreams. And turns turns the same knob for you and you go out also. Uh, what are you rolling dice for? Oh, for Are you healing I, up? Yeah, if anybody else took any heals in there. I have font of healing, so if you're near me, uh, when you use short rest, you get an extra d6. Okay, cool. Amber, she walks up to you next and says, um, I just hope whatever you remember is a, it's a good one. All right. She turns the dial, and you go out too. And then Zooks, finally she walks up to you and says, uh, only a few Brynar pulled this off before. Um, but what? Wait, that might have been information I could have used earlier. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, only a few Brynar have come in here. Um, but oh. if you say you got experience in this, I don't think you got nothing to worry about. Yeah, well, you know, I might have just been running my mouth hole, but okay, yeah, let's do it. And she turns your knob too, and you go out. We'll start with you, Devo. You, um, you are having a very unique experience of 
remembering your own memories, but it's like a like a TV is on in the background playing uh, Phineas Call's memories of him just like just arriving to the shore side and you know uh, starting to acclimate himself to this this new society and uh, you know meeting the people who would be important to him in his life. Um, but it's so faint, you, you can't really make it out because right now you are having the most vivid dream of your entire life. And the basis for your dream is a really powerful, formative memory from your past. What is it that Devo is remembering? Uh, it is the hand of guidance uh, teaching him to uh, create light within an object using his okay. voice. So you be you would be young, right? Yeah, this, this is, a, is like this is um, a beginning spell. Yeah, it's uh, about six or seven years old. Okay. Um, then you are seated in what appears to be a like a kindergarten classroom, and there's you know there's maps of the of the ether sea. Uh, and there's some photographs from the shoreside and from, you know, the, the time before the storm all over. And it's very bright and colorful in here, but you are the only student seated in, in a, uh, you know, it's not like classroom desks, like, because there's no real other classmates. It's just like a big Papasan chair. And I would and, say it's, it's, it might be bright and colorful in the room, but there are several yeah. lights out. Okay. Um, because my thinking is every time he fails to do it, she turns off another light. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, is Devo afraid of the dark as a six or seven year old? Not yet. Okay, cool. Uh, and she is seated just like crisscross applesauce in, on the ground next to you. Uh, and she has pulled down a lantern from, from the wall and has it seated in front of you. And... I think, like, reflecting what Shret just did, she turns a dial on the lantern and it shuts off. And she says, um, What did I just do? You made it darker? Yeah, I made it darker by turning off the flow from the oil below uh, and shutting off the fuel source for the wick, right? In order for a lantern to light, it needs all those things. It needs the wick, it needs the fuel source, and it need you know, it needs an ignition. And that's the only way to light a lantern, right? Yes. Well, I've told you about your voice, right? And you've seen that you can make things happen with with your voice in a way that, you know, other people here can't. What if I told you that it's not just people who can hear things? What if I told you that everything can hear your voice and respond to it, whether it's living or not? Would you believe that? I believe you. She smiles and uh, sort of tassels your hair. And she says, what I want you to do is I want you to ask very politely, eh, that doesn't matter. You can ask however you want to ask it to ignite. The, the lantern? Yeah, ask the lantern to 
turn on to be flaming again. Uh, please light. Um, she looks kind of disappointed suddenly uh, because nothing, absolutely nothing happens. And she says, um, now, Devo, we've talked about this. Um, it is important that you are confident whenever you speak um, in, in your special way um, because you are not asking something to happen. You are telling something that it is already happening. So a little bit less uh, obsequious, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, a little bit less timid and a little more, a little more firm. Like you're, like you're acknowledging something that's happening in the room. This lantern's already lit. Okay? Please light. She stands up and she, she picks up this, this unlit lantern and puts it on her desk. And then she walks up to another lantern uh, and pulls it off the wall. And it's getting darker in here. And she sets it down in front of her and says, How powerful do you think you are? I, what? How powerful do you think you are? What do you think is the limit of what you can make true in this world with your voice? I, I, I don't know. Um... She stands up and she says, Devotion, when you leave this school, when you graduate, you're going to be able to do things that no one, not even other people in this hermitage have ever been able to do. I, I am your teacher. I am your headmistress. And you will even put my powers to shame. And she says, go dark. And every lantern in this room shuts off simultaneously. And then she looks down at the floor and whispers, not you. And the lantern between the two of you lights up. And she sits uh, down. When it lights up, Devo is crying. She sits down and she says, okay, that's normal. But if you want it to be brighter in here, Devotion, you just need to tell the room to be brighter. Please turn on the lights, Guidance. You turn on the lights, Devotion. But I, I, I don't know what to do. I am scared. Please turn on the lights. Louder. Please turn on the lights. And even in your, you know, emotional state, uh, even with the sort of lack of focus that comes along with that, every light in this room simultaneously ignites. And the darkness is, is gone now. It is, it's almost too bright in here. It is warm because these fires inside of these lanterns are bigger than they're supposed to be. Um, and that lasts for right, just uh, a few. Oh, they keep going. And this room is getting like hot now. There's smoke coming out of one of the lanterns, but the hand of guidance is just smiling 
grinning ear to ear. I don't like the dark. She smiles and says, You don't ever have to let anything be dark ever again. And she stands up and walks to the door and opens it. And she says, that's all for today. Good work. The sound of that, that TV in the background is getting louder and louder. And all of a sudden, you are really confused about this memory of the, the kid and the lanterns. Um, because it's no longer your memory. It's, it's somebody else's. You are on a ship a very long time ago. Amber, you are also having a very vivid dream about a formative memory from, from your past. Uh, what, what is it? I'm 17, and I hear a glass shatter downstairs. I'm, I'm woken up by it. Uh, and I go downstairs. I hear a, a scuffle. Um, and I see my little brother, Gil. He was 12 at the time. And I see him knocked out on the floor with a little bit of blood uh, pooling around his head. And I look up to the shattered window and... I see, well, I don't recognize her at first, but then a cloud shifts and a moonbeam comes through, and I see Kimbra, who's been my friend uh, and Shred's friend. The three of us were basically raised together on the same street, and I see Kimbra. Uh, her eyes are wild and she's looking for anything that she can find um, of value. Okay, she she's looking inside your house? Yeah, she broke in. Oh, she's inside your house? Correct, yeah. Okay, um, she starts sort of pawing around around the room. She, she leaves the kitchen and walks into the living room. Um, but she is, she, she is just feeling her way around with her hands. Like her sense of sight is, is no longer her most sort of prominent, uh, her most prominent way of sort of navigating the world. Um, and she, uh, she sees a, a trophy, uh, a silver trophy that is uh, seated on a, a windowsill in the living room. Uh, and the trophy just shows this huge fish leaping out of the water. And she walks over to it and grabs it. And then she starts just sort of pawing around the room again, only this time she's holding onto this trophy and just kind of like smashing it into everything absentmindedly. Uh, what are you doing? I've I scooped up Gil and I've pulled him aside, and he's oh he's knocked out, but he's it's not. I I can tell you know it's not fatal or anything, right? Sure. Um, but we're just being really quiet 
because we know what somebody in this state is capable of. We've seen it so many fucking times, and we're just hiding in a corner. Uh, roll a stealth check. 13 plus 2, 15. Okay. Um, she doesn't notice you all, sort of curled up in a corner by the cabinets in the kitchen. And she is still in this state of just like looking around. Now she has found uh, this big bookshelf and she is just like throwing books down off of it uh, and, you know, piling them up all over the floor. She looks um, in a cabinet and uh, finds these like dishes that she looks at trying to tell if they have any value and she decides that they don't and she just starts smashing them behind her. And you get the impression that this is not, you know, you, you, you have seen people in this state before, but this is, this is something else. This is, almost a, a, this is almost a type of possession. And then you hear the floorboards creak above you, and you start to hear somebody begin to come down the stairs into the living room. And you hear your dad say, Amber, Amber, is that you? What are you doing down there? It's okay, Dad. Go back to bed. Uh, when you say that, uh, Kimbra? Yep. Uh, looks away from the, the cabinet she was just going through and looks over at you. Um, and now she genuinely does look under the thrall of something. Not in like a intoxicated way, but in a, like her eyes are pitch black and she is like, she is not there. Like that is not Kimbra. Um, but when she hears you speak, she starts clambering in your direction. Fuck. Uh, I just stand up and shove her towards the door. Okay. Roll a... Um, Roll just an unarmed attack roll. 13 plus 5. Although technically, if I want to get persnickety about it, I probably would, would not, not at this point in my life have a plus 5 to my unarmed strike. <laughs> That's fair. This is not my moment where I'm like, oh, amazing. You've awakened. <laughs> Incredible punch power. Right. Uh, well, even just a 13 is, is, is enough to push her away towards the door. And she she trips over some of the shards of, um, you know, ceramic dishes that she smashed up earlier and falls down and howls. And when she stands up, she has a shard of this ceramic sticking out of her forearm. Um, and she pulls it out without, like, grimacing or responding to it at all. And she runs and jumps out the same window that she came in through and she smashes up even more glass along the way uh, and she takes off into the night. And that was the last time I ever saw her. Uh, your dad comes downstairs and finds you cradling Gil whose eyes are kind of fluttering as he comes to um, and there's a trail of blood from the dishes leading to the window that she smashed out and he takes a look around and then 
just at like sprinting speed, throws on a coat and opens the door and runs. Dad, 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 stop, stop. He stops and looks at you. It, it was Kimber. Um, I'll get the broom. He nods and says, I know who it was. I can't just leave her out there. And he opens the door and steps outside. And then you start to hear something like it's also coming from upstairs, but it's voices you don't recognize and you try to focus in on them. And the more you focus in on them, you realize, oh, you do recognize those voices. Um, Because you've known those voices for, for a while now. And right now they're the only voices that matter because they are your friends. And you all are aboard a ship that is diving down deep into the heart of the ocean. Zooks, what's going on with you? You know what's your whole what deal, hap- man? You you know now what's happening to your your friends. They are going on these, you know, the, go, going into their memories uh, in in ways that are just like they are happening right now. Um, but what what's happening to Zooks? I think it. I think the same thing is happening to him. I think he's having one of these memory flashes too. Okay. Um, and now, of course, he doesn't have as far to go back, right? But um, he goes back to a time early on when um, they were having like a an orientation for new Brynart to learn how to, you know swim and use their you know feet bubbles and and all that kind of stuff and he remembers uh, one really large uh, Brynar named uh, Brutus and uh, and Brutus is just really making fun of him really Giving him down the business. Um, giving him down the business. Giving that's him saying, you know, I just made it up. He's really <laughs> that's how all sayings are created, Justin. Yeah, that's a good point. He's really giving him heck. No, no, no. Stick to um, your guns, Dad. Giving him down. Okay, the Okay, really, you got it right the first time. The business. Yeah, giving down the. Okay, so and and keeps calling him names. Um, he calls him Hollow. Yeah, and hey, Hollow and Zook Suit Riot. Uh, <laughs> so he keeps calling him hollow and on, and by this time uh, the other Brian are kind of gathered around and you know hey hollow what yeah what's wrong with you hollow so being Zooks um, he decides to fight uh, puts his fists up but this Brutus is so much bigger than him yeah he just face plants him he face plants uh, Zooks and you know does the the typical bully thing of holding you at length while you know Zooks is flailing his arms trying to reach him and can't reach him because he's so much smaller than Brutus and Brutus says something along the lines of um, oh poor little hollow poor poor little hollow and Zooks extends one of the fists in one of those punches and releases a swarm, and it's the seahorses. It's a swarm of seahorses, 
and it just smacks Brutus in the face and sends him flying. And everybody else stops dead because instructors and students like, nobody's ever manifested this before. Nobody's ever done Swarm before. And they're all just staring at him. You feel... What do you feel? How does that make you feel? Really alone um, and confused because he'd never done it before. He'd never used the swarm before and he didn't know, you know, he he's just now realizing that nobody else can do that. And, and that combined with being called hollow, 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 he just really feels like an outsider. He is completely alone. Your seahorses come back to you and re-enter your body. And when you do that, the memory starts to shift. And you go back just a little bit before you were pulled into the the shepherding pools and, you know, animated uh, by tessellation. You are still on the coral spire. Your body is on the, the, the outskirts of it, just looking. And from your perspective, you can see Founder's Wake and you can see those weird glowing starfish in the distance that appear to have faces. And you see ships coming and going and you realize that you are conscious in a way uh, and you're not sure when that happened but you are sad even if you can't realize like what it is Um, and you are you know self-aware enough to like know what you are you can see your own body uh, and it is it is you know colorful and incredible but you feel just like a you feel like a like a stained glass window on a on a church that sees all this activity happening outside and you're just completely unable to interact with it and then a seahorse swims up right in front of you and starts looking at you very curiously. And then there's a, a second one that swims up and is almost trying to like push away the other one uh, to like get them away from you. But they keep poking forward. And then they're just like right in front of your face. And they swim very slowly for just a moment. And then they swim through the coral of your body. And they don't come out. And that was the first time that members of your swarm first were absorbed into you. (laughs) All of a sudden, the city is gone. And you can see the storm overhead. The the, the layer of uh, debris is is not present above you. Uh, and you see a ship start to submerge from the beach just above you, and 
you watch it as it dives down. It is an older looking sort of vessel, not like the Coriolis, not not like the ships that you see every day in Founder's Wake. And then you see inside of that ship and you're in the bridge and you are standing with your hand on the shoulder of, of the ship's pilot who you, you know, you recognize that person. And uh, there's someone else in the bridge with you too, uh, seated at a, a, a big table with a map on it. And you, you know them too. Um, these are your two most trusted compatriots who have departed on a mission with you to find the vanguard and the bathysphere that they stole. And most other people would be scared embarking on a mission like this, but not you. Not Phineas Call. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.